coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Any prophet that puts his own personal wealth over the wealth of the church or the health of the members, that's a problem. Let let me put the cookies on the lower shelf. I shouldn't be trying to dip in your pockets so I can make my note on a Benz if you can't even keep your lights on. with me, if you will, to the book of Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, starting with the 14th verse, and I will be reading all the way down to the 22nd verse. Again, that is Deuteronomy 18, verses 14 through 22. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination, but as for you, the Lord your God has permitted you, has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you have asked of the Lord your God at Oreb on the day of assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, but a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded Or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. So do not be alarmed. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. Amen. Uh, For the brief time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about the right spokesman. Who are you listening to? The right spokesman. Who are you listening to? With the uh, big game coming up next Sunday, and I say big game, Because someone has decided that you cannot say the word super and then follow it up with the word bowl or somebody will try to sue you. Folks will be watching the game, but others still, because this big game is one of the most watched uh, events in in television, uh, some people will be watching just to watch the commercials. Advertisers are going to spend millions upon millions of dollars just to catch our eyes uh, in an effort to catch our wallets. 
and get us to buy their products. Many of the ads will be memorable, and more than a few will also have some sort of celebrity or familiar representative to help push the merchandise. I've, I've, I spent a lot of time watching what goes viral. I'm interested in the marketing aspect of it, and so I always find it interesting when I catch on or find out about something before it goes viral, and I watch the, the growth of the particular group or the growth of the particular artist or the person. And so I've been watching a lot of people on Instagram lately, and I watch how they, get, they go from a few thousand followers to a few million followers, and then when they hit a certain threshold, all of a sudden, I see them start talking about things. Go to this website. Uh, fill out this survey and get paid. Drink this flat tummy tea. They've got all these things that they're pushing because celebrity endorsements work. There is some solid evidence that celebrity endorsements, both paid and unpaid, can skyrocket a product from being unknown to nationwide recognition. Uh, one of my favorites to watch is what they call the Oprah effect. Uh, it's probably the best known example of, of, of being uh, celebrity-induced fame. Oprah is so influential. I remember watching her shows and realizing that if she just held a book up, mm -hmm. didn't say nothing about the book, just held it up. That's it. <laughs> New York Times bestseller overnight. Book, book will be out of print. Uh, they, they, they documented it one time when she had her shows or she had something where she builds Oprah's favorite things. Any book she selects from the book club owns millions. And, and, and then there are some, just like YouTube videos, these things go viral. People want them. People, they think they need them, and so they got to buy them. Uh, there was a Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenina uh, that, that was in her book club in 2004. And, and because she had it on, it went number one on the New York Times or USA Today's best-selling list. Uh, and, and it previously averaged about $3,700 of sales per day. But when Oprah held the book up on her show, it moved from 3000 $700 a day in sales to $90,000 a day in sales in a single afternoon. A celebrity spokesperson can help a product line, but a celebrity spokesperson can also hurt a product line. Uh, there are tests, there are times after times where somebody who is endorsing something will act up and they will lose said endorsement because nobody wants to be associated with what they've done. Uh, Jared Fogle, uh, he was almost in every Subway commercial you could see for 15 years. He lost 245 pounds eating Subway sandwiches. Now, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a fitness geek, and I would argue that he probably lost 245 pounds because he walked to the subway every day to eat. But that's neither near here nor there. 
Um, but he, he, he got popular, quote unquote, losing 245 pounds, eating Subway sandwiches, but he was imprisoned in 2015 for sexual misconduct for with children. Yeah. Subway dropped him like a hot bag of rocks. Michael Phelps had all kind of Kellogg's endorsements, and then they got videos of him smoking weed, and then another thing where he got caught with a, a, a second DUI, and he got dropped from the serial endorsements. Paula Dean just put a stick of butter in everything. Paula Dean was the darling of the Food Network until we found out, oh, surprise, she had a little bit of a mouth on her when it came to referring to people of color. Uh, Tiger Woods and Lance Armstrong had these massive brands until Scandal took them down. I mean, these are just a few stories of, so, of sad stories, whether of spokespersons that would lose their endorsements because they embarrassed the people they were representing. And they were presumed to speak on behalf of these companies. And so when you saw these particular people out, you not only saw them, but you saw who they were representing. That's a bit of a tale for us day to day when you are out. You are bringing not only the name of your family along with you, but you are bringing the name of your Jesus with you. When you behave, you are a spokesperson acting on behalf of them. And the point is, is these companies felt that they needed the right spokesperson representing them. They needed the right person to go out on their behalf. Uh, a prophet is a spokesperson of sorts. Uh, they are a spokesperson for God. They go out in the public and speak on behalf of God and tell us what thus says the Lord. And that's what was going on in the reading. We have a prophet, a, a spokesperson, if you will, by the name of Moses out here that is being rose up because God speaking to the people directly they were not able to handle. And so God has sent a prophet for them to speak on God's behalf so it could be something that they could handle. And Moses is trying to tell these people that I ain't going to be here forever. But when the next prophet comes along, or the next person claiming to be a prophet comes along, here are some things you need to understand. Here are some things that you need to look for when you try to select another prophet. Ah, the, 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 they, they, uh, I read verse 18, but Moses was really in 17 and before setting up, chapter 17 before setting up the way the whole community is supposed to operate. He's sitting here telling you what's supposed to be expected out of kings. What are you supposed to expect out of priests and what are you supposed to expect out of prophets? And sometimes in order to tell somebody what something is, you got to start with what something isn't. Uh, so I'll spend a little time here talking about this. When, 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 when Moses is here talking about what's going on, there are some things we need to look for when we look for a prophet. And there are some things that we need to look for when we realize we are running into a false prophet. Uh, one of the first things you need to realize when you are running across a false prophet is everything is all about them. Uh, a, a pitch man is primarily in business for the benefit received from hawking a particular product or an agenda. So thus he or she is more likely to use their platform to manipulate others towards that end. Uh, they, they'll, they'll tell you some things like God told me to tell you. God gave me a vision for you. 
Uh, I'm not saying everybody that says that is lying, but when you hear something like that extremely specific where it's me to you, you need to be on high alert. History is full of those people who have claimed a special hotline with God that only they had access to. I wonder if there was some way for everybody else to talk to God. I wonder if there was some way for us to get some sort of prayer, I mean, some sort of hotline of us for able to be able to talk to God. Nah, but here we're saying when they set up and they got their own hotline that only they can hear and only they can handle and only they can put on, that should put us on high alert. The spidey senses should be tingling. God is, and though Mo, through Moses, rather, God is warning his people who, to watch out for those who speak in my name what I have not commanded the prophet to speak because that word is usually their own. Uh, a real prophet, on the other hand, is more likely to suffer for the word that they are bringing. Uh, everybody, that's why I get leery about, uh, this ain't in the sermon, but I'm just going to talk about it right now. I get leery of men of God or women of God, particularly endorsing political candidates. Uh, If you are truly a prophet of God, you got to be like Nathan and be willing to tell King David you wrong. Instead of trying to speak on their behalf, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you're trying to speak nice and grease palms so that you can get access to these people and be somewhere and be more important than you are. If you are a true prophet, you got to be willing to get beat up for what you said. Amen. Amen. Uh, Witness the trials of Jeremiah and Isaiah and John the Baptist. It didn't end good for them. They got to talking about kings and telling the kings what they were doing wrong and what thus said the Lord, and they ended up dying. So whenever God calls somebody to be a prophet, it's not for elevation. It's not for nice cars. It's not for fancy uh, fancy clothes. It's not for high honorariums. It's not for half of the offering that is raised. It's not for you to sow a seed into my pocket. When God calls somebody to be a prophet, it's a hard life. Uh, Whenever, uh, one thing I used to do when I was younger, because I'd come across some prophets, Uh, whenever somebody would tell me God has a word, God gave me a word for you. I'd say, hold on. And I wasn't a pastor yet, but I'd go grab somebody. I'd go grab another pastor. I'd grab somebody on the prayer ministry. I'd grab a deacon. I'd grab an elder. I'd grab somebody else that's got some spiritual authority that's been walking this life a little longer than me, and I'd bring them into the mix. Well, let's hear this word that God gave you for me. And if they couldn't share that word with any other believer in the church, I had a problem with it. Because it might have been that God told me that you're supposed to marry me. Uh-oh. And so whenever somebody had a word for me, I got a witness involved. I got somebody else. To, because if God really had that kind of word for me, there shouldn't be no problem sharing it. Ah, and so we look at these. And so these prophets, when it is all about them, that's something we got to look for. Another thing we got to look for when we, uh, when we look at these prophets is they're holding up other gods. 
Ah, uh, yes. God warns us against prophets who are actually pitch men for other gods. Uh, Moses was talking to the people of God because they were going into the promised land. And sometimes we talk about the promised land as if this is all peaches and cream. No, when the people of God went into the promised land, there was somebody already there. There was somebody already there, and they had to fight to take their promised land. And because there were some people already there, they weren't worshiping the same God as the people of God were worshiping. And so there was a possibility that these things could get mixed up. And so he said, no, these other people worship these other gods and practice this divination, but that is not for you. And so you got to watch out for a prophet that is pitching other gods. In Moses' day, that literally meant the idols of the Canaanites. But there are still other gods out here, and there are still plenty of other gods around. Uh, If your prophet is making promises about your financial gain, (laughs) I ain't saying they lying, but I'm going to just say your spidey senses should be tingling. Especially... If this financial gain requires you to sow a seed directly into them. Uh, God told me you, you need a husband. Everybody who's looking for a husband, I need you to come down to the altar right now and sow a $500 seed into the prophet's hand. And God's going to give you a... What? Oh, y'all ain't never heard that before? Okay, never mind. Then. We can move on. Ah, but that should be a, a, a major red flag. Ah, if, if, there are, if all the prophet is concerned about is money, if all the prophet is concerned about is money, that needs to be a red flag. Biblically speaking, if you are financially prosperous, you're supposed to sow those seeds into the church. That's understandable. But any prophet that puts his or her financial wealth against the generosity or against the health of the church, there's a problem. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to say that again. Any prophet that puts his own personal wealth over the wealth of the church or the health of the members, that's a problem. Let let me put the cookies on the lower shelf. I shouldn't be trying to dip in your pockets so I can make my note on a Benz if you can't even keep your lights on. Amen. The people of the body of Christ should not be failing at expense of the prophet. Now the Bible does say let the workman be worth his hire. But I can't be eaten and the rest of y'all starving and I'll be a true prophet of God. And money is one of three things that often swerve around problems when we come to these false prophets. There's, 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 the money is always a problem, power is always a problem, and, and relationships. <laughs> I just say relationships. We got children in the audience. I'm going to just say relationships, but you'll think about it when you get home. Those other things, whenever there's some problems, it's usually around those three things. And neither one of those three things are bad in and of themselves. But they got to be the servant of you and not the master of you. Uh, When a prophet speaks words that that places wealth or, or 
relationship freedom or, 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 or some sort of political agenda above the word of God, you've got yourself a pitch man for another set of gods. And you don't have to go that far in the Bible to realize what happens to those kind of people and what kind of destruction that causes. Ah, so, 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 so it's all about them. And there are some problems with money. And the other thing you got to look out for in the text where, where he's saying it is their character does not match the message. You would think that would be pretty obvious. If somebody is preaching a gospel they are not living out, then they're a peddler and not a prophet. But Paul warned us of such peddlers of God's words and, and, and urged people to seek those who speak and act like persons sent from God standing in his presence in Corinthians. Jesus warned us against, warned his disciples rather against false prophets and religious pitchmen that would come as wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, but their real character is, is revealed by their proof. And he said that in the gospel according to Matthew right around chapter 7. The most authentic prophets are those who are vulnerable whose weaknesses are known by the community, but live in humility and good character. Real prophets may not be the most eloquent speakers, but their lives speak volumes as the truth of the message they proclaim. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Uh, and so then if you're looking for a prophet, they got to live the life they're preaching. Uh, another thing to look out for, for for false prophets is their preaching comes to nothing. Uh, through Moses, God offers the people a surefire way to tell whether God has spoken through a prophet or if the prophet is speaking on his own. If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and nothing takes place, uh, or, uh, and the thing does not take place or prove true, rather, it is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. A real prophet knows the difference between his own whole own word and that of God. And Paul, uh, Paul differentiates his own advice on marriage uh, uh, from 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 7 rather. It's not so much about the prophet's predictions as much as it is around the proper, the prophet sorry, has rightly discerned the will of God. And whether or not the community begins to change as a result. Sometimes that takes time. That doesn't mean that what the prophet said is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but sometimes it may take years. But they are there to see the word of God through completion. Rather than dropping a message and hitting the road and burning out. A real prophet's message will continue to bear fruit and shape the community of faith as he or she lives with the people and in the opening relationship with God. I'm reminded of the home church I came from, Windsor Village, UMC. Everybody talks about how Pastor Kirby John Caldwell grew that church from 25 people to 17,000. One thing I learned in uh, working on a video when we got to his 30th anniversary was that the, before the church was Windsor Village, it was named uh, something else, and it was a predominantly Caucasian congregation. 
And the, the, the pastor at the time, when we interviewed some of the people who used to attend that church, he said he'd had a vision from God that this church was going to be so big it took up almost the entire block. And there were going to be thousands of people worshiping. It, he had that vision 30 years before it actually happened. He wasn't there to see it actually go through, but it happened. And sometimes these visions will take time to develop. Sometimes when God gives somebody a vision, it's to lay a seed. When you look at a seed versus the plant that it produces, the seed is extremely small. But in that is packed a whole bunch of stuff to be a tree or a plant or a stick of bamboo and all those things. And so when the prophet lays the seed, sometimes there's going to be some time for it to go. Ah, but all these things, the prophet should still bear fruit. Ah, and so those things are some of the stuff that not only uh, preachers should be worried about, but the congregation should be worried about to evaluate one another. Uh, not just talking about the man or the woman in the pulpit, but we all should be practicing what we preach. We all should not have everything be about us. We all should have the things that we say come to something. You know how what you say comes to something? You put a little word in you. And when you put a little word in you, some of that word will come out for you. And so it's not just about us being good prophets and preachers. You got to be good people. Uh, and so uh, what ways are we living out? We got to ask ourselves, what ways are we living out these things in the congregation? What ways are our own personal ministries happening? Because sometimes we all, you all rather, will be the only preacher somebody else hears. You all will be the only Bible somebody else reads. You all will be the only sermon somebody else sees. So are you living it out? Is it all about you? Uh, is there some problems with you with the money and the power and the relationships? Uh, is what you're saying about something or does it come to nothing? Uh, because those are the things. We all are spokesmen. We all are pitchmen. We all are prophets in a way. We all are priests. When one of the things that they talk about in Methodism and theology all the time is the priesthood of all believers. Uh, that means any of y'all can do some of the same stuff that we do. You don't have to go to seminary and get the fancy degree, but you can have a word for somebody just as long as it comes back to something. Uh, and so we all have to be a good spokesman. We all have to be a good pitch person. We all have to be endorsed or, or handle the right endorsements because we are having an endorsement for the king of kings. We are out here pitching the Lord of lords. We are out here pitching the king of the Jews. We are out here pitching the rose of Sharon. We are out here pitching the lily of the valley. We are out here pitching the bright morning star so you gotta know a little something about him in order to, pre to pitch him to other people. Uh, do you know him? I feel like S.M. Lockridge right now. Do you know my king, the king of kings, the king of the ages, the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, the king of kings and the lord of lords? Do you know him? He is the loftiest idea in literature, the highest personality in philosophy. He is the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the sinner, savior. He's Mary's baby. He's the one who rules and reigns supreme. He's the one who was and is and is to come. You can't outlive him, but you can't live without him. He guards and he guides. He's the sinner, savior. He's the one who, who died for our sins, but that is not 
where the story ends. Three days later, he came back with all power in his hands. Do you know him? Can you tell somebody else about him? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 